0: This is Checked In with Splash. Hey, everyone. It's Camille. Welcome back to another episode of Checked In with Splash. We are in the home stretch of 2022. And if you are white-knuckling your way through the end of the year, you're not alone. It's been another one for the books, to say the least. But the silver lining here is that diamonds are made under pressure. And this episode offers insights to help you and your event strategy shine bright like a diamond in 2023. I recently had the honor of facilitating a virtual roundtable with the Director of Field Marketing for Zscaler, Michelle Redlowski, who I had been dying to get onto the podcast. We were joined by Dave Stevens, who's running field and global events at Data.World, and Brian Rogers, who recently just started leading DemandGen and ABM at PFL. Our conversation was so vibrant and charged with strategic advice for the modern event marketer that I just knew I had to bring the conversation here to the podcast. So this episode is part one of that virtual roundtable discussion where we share our biggest learnings from 2022 and talk about what to ditch or leave behind as we gear up for success next year. Let's go ahead and get checked into event marketing lessons learned and what to leave behind in 2022. Our first question is really about, you know, the wisdom most know, right? Which is that hindsight is twenty twenty. So our first kind of group question to explore together is what were our biggest learnings from 2022? Michelle, I'm going to kick off with you again, if you don't mind. Would love to hear some of the biggest, yeah, learnings that you had, aha moments, revelations. You know, what comes to mind when I ask that question?
1: Yeah, so I think that, you know, we can all agree that there's a lot of noise. And I think we're all adjusting to kind of going back to in person, but we've definitely learned that, you know, virtual is here to stay and has to be a part of our strategy. And I think taking a step back and really looking at kind of objective-based marketing, I think it's easy sometimes to go straight to tactics. Like if you're doing an event, you know, what is our booth gonna look like? You know, what do I want my giveaway to be? But really leading with strategy and understand, okay, what is my goal? You know, who am I going after? What is the messaging? What is the journey I want to take, you know, individuals on or accounts on? And then what are the results that I want to get out of it? So I think you have to really lead with strategy, take that time to really put kind of thought to paper or screen and a PowerPoint to spell out your strategy. And I think then you have something to measure against and to reflect on, you know, what worked.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, we literally just actually hosted a workshop on this last week because, you know, that is the sticking point. If we're not aligning our event goals with our business goals and objectives, then, you know, our event strategy is kind of dead in the water, right? Like it's just not going to be effective or we're not going to yield the results that we're actually looking for. That's huge. Brian, what do you think about that? And what about you? What are your biggest learnings from 2022?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, events are, they're a content creator, especially like virtual events. They're not so easy, but it's much easier to cut up and use pieces of your virtual events for content down the line. And so getting the most out of your content strategy is so key. You know, at my last company, we ran... A lot of virtual events. It was also big on trade shows, like that face-to-face interaction. Everyone was so relieved when trade shows came back online. But I think we need to think of ourselves as a content or a media center. Like every company needs to think of themselves as that media hub and hiring the right people and not skimping on the content efforts of your company is so important. I mean, how many times have we sat in meetings and it's like, oh, we need some new content for the next quarter's campaign or, or whatever it is. And we're like, can we just repurpose some stuff? <laughs> right? And it's like, ooh, that blog post, that one, I don't know if we got a lot of eyes on that. Let's turn that into a white paper. I think we can do it. That. And, and that's not a bad thing. It certainly isn't like we should rinse and repeat if it's good content and maybe mm-hmm. use it again in different formats. But I think sometimes we get caught up in this, oh, we'll just reuse everything, right? Because Mm. maybe there's lack of resources or lack of strategy. So I think that's my big takeaway is to focus on brand, focus on that user experience, and then use an integrated content distribution tactic. And I think it all starts with who's leading your content strategy.
0: I feel like there's a lot that we could dig into there because, you know, you're not wrong. I fully fully agree that repurposing content and virtual events as, you know, that source of content, right, is a really powerful way to power up your dark social strategy and really get more value from your events, right? I think going back to what Michelle was talking about, what are your goals? You know, when we think about what are we going to repurpose, it still has to tie back to well what are we trying to influence? or impact at the end of the day, right? And that should dictate your event strategy, but also to your point, Brian, your kind of like overall your content marketing strategy, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like events are part of the content mix. And whether they be in person or they be virtual, you know, how can we utilize that and make it a little more evergreen down the line? We've seen great results from that. You know, you spend I don't know what people are spending for their virtual events. You get a speaker in there, maybe they're 20 grand or maybe they're that maybe they're less. You know, you want to get the most out of that spend. So, in my role as, as a demand planner, you know, we're always thinking ROI and so it's important.
0: Yeah, Dave, I want to hear from you. What do you think about you know, what Michelle said about just really starting with the end objective or the goal in mind. Would love to hear your thoughts on repurposing virtual events to fuel your content marketing strategy. And also want to hear just from you, like, what are your big learnings from 2022?
3: I think the big learning from 2022 is that people have become a lot more discerning with their mm. time, with their travel So if you think field marketing is showing up at a bar and throwing down a credit card and saying, Hey, come have a drink on us. You're done. You're not going to see any ROI from that. You're not going to see the leads you're hoping for. You're not going to see the pipeline generation, but the only way you're going to know what's going to drive those people to show up is to understand who you're trying to get there and understand Mm -hmm. how you're going to be measuring success. So Mm -hmm. all of this ties back to the fact that if we have good content, people are gonna show up. If people show up, we're gonna have strong ROI. And I just got introduced to a new term called shareable moments. And I I think the idea is that regardless of the format, if it's digital or in person, when you create shareable moments where people are excited and included and feel accepted, or maybe even a little adventurous because they're doing something they've never done before, they're going to amplify your efforts let alone Mm -hmm. if your content is good enough, they're going to share it out. The biggest learning that came out of this whole thing that happened a couple of years ago was we took the mindset of we're TV producers now. We have to put together a show. We have to have a show to get people interested. It has to be compelling content. I went to an event that someone said, there's no such thing as Zoom fatigue. There's just crappy content because how many
2: people
3: people still binge shows on Netflix? Everyone. Mm -hmm. If your content's good enough, people will binge it. But if you have crap content, nobody cares. So I think this all ties together very nicely across all of this is people are more discerning. And so you have to cut through the noise with something that resonates with them. The other thing I'll say is also there's a big influx in wellness which obviously is near and dear to me. But that is something that is becoming paramount. And it also is leading to people's discernment because they are protecting their time, protecting their mental space and are less willing to compromise on things.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. I'm here for that trend. I hope it continues. I hope more and more people come over to that side. Okay, so really, really so many interesting Nuggets that I'm stewing on right now. I want to get into, you know, maybe some more big bets that you're making. But before we do, just because, you know, it was, I'm into astrology a little bit and there was a full moon in Gemini last night, which means, you know, it's a time for letting go of things that are no longer serving us. And what a better time to do that as we prepare to go into 2023. So I just have to ask y'all what are you absolutely leaving behind in 2022? What are you ditching? What is not making the cut that maybe previously was a part of your strategy that you're like, absolutely not, we're not doing this again. So let's see, Hmm. Dave, I'll start with you because I feel like you might have some ideas here. What are you definitely not taking into 2023 or leaving behind in 2022?
3: I'll say it's one and a half things one thinking I have any idea that I know what is going to happen next year. That's the first thing like, why would I even pretend to think I know what's going to happen? That life life is stranger than fiction. The other half of the term is the term webinar, we've completely removed it from all vernacular from all marketing from everything. Because webinars has become a bit of a dirty word. Because it's where people talk at people, not people talk with people. As an organization, we have moved to the term digital events so that we can include hybrid events in that. But we just, we struck it from our vernacular because we never wanted to just get on camera and talk at people ever again.
0: This is not a webinar, by the way, everyone. This is a virtual (laughs) roundtable. I hear you. I really hear you, Dave. I think that's really fair. And we have agreement in the chat. Kelsey said webinar equals Z, the snooze, you know, and Noel agrees. So you are in good company there. Okay, so Brian, kicking it over to you, what are you leaving behind or ditching in 2022?
2: Yeah, it was kind of brought up, Michelle, you brought up like sales enablement and getting buy-in. So I think one thing we're getting rid of is integrated-ish campaigns. You know, sometimes it's much easier as a marketing organization to put on an event and invite sales and it's easier. You can work in your space and you cross small aisles to other departments in marketing, but that giant leap over into sales sometimes scare. I don't know. Like it all depends on relationships. And if we as marketers understand how this event can help that salesperson reach quota, you know, that's how we need to be thinking. Because sometimes they'll look at marketing events as, oh, you guys do your thing. <laughs> and sometimes. It, it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, it that's always the challenge, right? Is like, yeah. we're comfortable in our domains. We can do what we need to do. I think sometimes it's uncomfortable or the more difficult part is really getting sales to buy in and participate. So what we're leaving behind is integrated-ish campaigns or events.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that is so important. And you know, you said it. At the end of the day, these programs exist, you know, in part, this roundtable, you know, is something that our sales team can use, right? And you said it, it can help them hit their quotas. And we're all on the same team at the end of the day, right? Like at least that's how we think about things here at Splash. Marketing is on the same team as sales. We are all team revenue, right? Like we are here to bring in revenue for the business. And we just play different positions on that same team. So I think that that is a really important reminder for everyone to leave the integrated-ish to the side, right? Integration is the future. That's basically what we're saying when we say How do we get buy-in, right? Well, you need to make sure they're integrated then, right? And you need to have like integrated campaign playbooks where every person or, you know, player, let's say, right? On the team, whether you want to think of one BDRs as one type of player, right? And your marketing people as another type of player or your AEs or what have you. Yeah, we're all on the same team at the end of the day. So I love that.
2: If I could Um, make one small plug, if you want to climb into the mind of a salesperson and you're on Instagram, go follow Corporate Bro. He does a really good job of, (laughs) maybe Dave already does. He does a really good job of satire on like what it's like to be a salesperson. So anyway, I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: Love that. Is there one for an event marketer?
2: I haven't found one yet, but if anyone knows of one.
0: That's it. Okay. We need to create one. We're gonna start one. Hey. We We're gonna start one. We We're gonna start one. We need that, right? Okay. Uh, we just launched a poll. Do you follow corporate bro? Vote on that poll. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> Very important.
2: I don't know that he hates marketing. He just it's the mind <laughs> of a lot of salespeople. So anyway, I think I think he's that's just helpful.
0: I think that's helpful. I know when I was first starting out, that was a big question for me. What do the salespeople want? What Mm -hmm. kinds of resources do they want? What kinds of content? What kinds of events are they going to be down to support? You know, what is going to help them hit their quota? So, love that. And we've got a lot of love for corporate bro in the event chat. So, you're on to something here, Brian. Okay. So, Michelle, yes. What are you leaving behind in 2022? Other than
1: budgets, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
0: too soon, Michelle. I
1: know, I know. I'm just kidding. But I think in general, we always have to do more with less. And I think that's been like, you know, brought up and everything. So we have to be creative. So we did, there was a growth area of a segment for a sales team here. And there was tons of new sales reps coming on board. The team was growing like crazy. And we needed to kind of get scale on, you know, events and activity and for them to kind of really build that relationship and buy in with marketing. Mm -hmm. So we did do, you know, a test of where we aligned with the sales VPs and gave them kind of a little budget, a small budget where they can, you know, come to us, bring some ideas and use that budget for events we're not doing that. That is definitely we're ditching leaving that behind because it definitely created some bad behavior. So I would not offer that up to anybody as an idea. So yeah, so definitely I think just having, you know, being super strategic, Mm -hmm. asking questions of, you know, if the sales team wants to do an event in their region, you know, have you done account mapping? Who are you trying to target? You know, why? What is the messaging? you know, money is one thing, but you always have to lead with strategy. Yes, yeah, so.
0: yes, no rogue events. We do not approve of rogue events, y'all. No, okay? And absolutely the, not. the thing is that it's easier than ever today to avoid rogue events. And I think at least, you know, and maybe I'm speaking with a little bit of bias that I'll call out because, you know, at Splash, it's just like, all right, we have the tools that we need to make the, like standing up an event, just easier. So that if, you know, and like real life example, have some people at our company who really wanted to do a specific event in April around Earth Day. And so they come to me with, "Hey, can you draft some messaging for some clients maybe. And I was like, hold on, hold the phone. I love this idea. I want to do it. I want to support it. It has to be part of our bigger plans and, you know, has to run through the normal process that we have here of creating and marketing and hosting and following up on an event. So yeah, that strategy is key. No rogue events. If there are any sellers or field reps or anyone who on this at this event tuned in listening, um, who's contemplating a rogue event, don't do it, please. Your event marketing leader will thank you. All right. Oh, Dave has something to chime in with. Yes, please. Yeah.
3: I I just would like to answer at least what's been successful for me and how to get sales to buy into events. That's a real key thing. And when I joined, I joined as the first and quote head of field marketing, but it's really just me, but this is where it, it comes down to building relationships. And so we built an event request form before anything else, we got it out to the field, we told the field that they're our number one customer, mm. we are here to drive their pipeline, we are here to help them. And then when the event requests come in, I have a kind of a basically an onboarding meeting of like, okay, so what are you looking to accomplish? Why are you trying to accomplish that? And I asked them the qualifying Questions of, you know, what does success look like for this event? Asking and showing you actually care and getting them aligned with the objective of the event and what you're trying to accomplish really helps them feel like they're a part of it. And then. This is when i talked about they want to do a, a dinner at a steakhouse and i'm like come on man would you go to that and you can ask them these questions they're like yeah oh, i know it's the same old thing and right so then we then i throw out the crazy pie in the sky idea and they're like oh my god that would be incredible i'm like yeah but we can't afford that so we got to <laughs> rein it in but let's think about it and yeah. you include them in the iteration process and then what i did is i said okay let's meet back up in 48 hours and bring our ideas and then we'll pick one and mm-hmm then so you're really getting them to make the decision on what you're going to do and you're guiding them through the process and so at that point they're all in because this is they feel like they helped design the event so Mm -hmm. if you can get the opportunity to have a conversation with them which they'll always do it's very easy to get them to buy in if they feel included
1: i totally agree with that have a conversation if you just say no you will not be fostering a healthy relationship there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Love that. And Jessica in the chat said similar, you know, if you find you get a rogue request, as long as you present an alternative, everyone is receptive. Really good point. And Sarah said sales has to truly believe you are a partner providing value, which buy in with data they can get behind, not just planning an event for event's sake. Absolutely. Okay, y'all, that's it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit from Michelle and Brian and Dave and myself about how we're thinking about getting ready for 2023. We will be dropping part two of this discussion next week where we'll get into our biggest contributors to event success in 2022, what we're definitely taking into 2023, and the big bets that we're making on our event strategy. So if you enjoyed this episode and are a fan of the content that we produce on this podcast, please let us know by subscribing on your preferred podcast platform. And better yet, help us spread the gospel of impactful event marketing by sharing your favorite Checked In With Splash episode with a friend or a colleague. But until next time, take care, y'all.